What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at SIDcast.fireside.com. .fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. So, uh, we are back after a bit of a brief hiatus. Um, definitely needed, but I'm sorry that I was away for a little while. Uh, not really going to give you any excuse other than uh, should have been there and I wasn't and I'm sorry. Um, just had a, a lot going on. Had my first two football, uh, maybe one and a half home football games. Our first game was at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, technically a Ball State home game, but they were kind of calling it a neutral side, I think, um, which really wasn't that true. Both end zones said Ball State. I'm pretty sure it was a Ball State home game. Uh, as much as the IU fan base would like to have said. Um, anyway, I'll, I just want to kind of move forward with, with everything we got going on. Um, we are back. Got three guests, I, I, three additional guests after this, uh, working on scheduling those people now um, to fill out the month of September. So after September, we will be getting into our third year anniversary, and that's going to be more or less uh, focused or centered around our Hall of Fame stuff. First year round, uh, we did this seven episodes in seven days, which was utter hell. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to do something like that ever again. And then last year, we started our awards, our Hall of Fame awards. Uh, This goes to things that you get to vote on. You, the listener, will get to vote on Um, things like most valuable episode, uh, large and small division, and then there's also um, like a most entertaining uh, category, and then this year we'll also be doing two additional things. One you don't really get to vote on. It's like most listened to episode of the year along with the most listened to month out of the year. Um, congratulating those three or four, maybe even five individuals that uh, kicked up some of probably the most uh, listens of that month or that given day uh, through their maturation process. Uh, I will not be including in any of these. I will not be including any um, any of these episodes in the month of September. It doesn't go through the maturation process. I understand that it takes you guys a little while to get to these to catch up, whether you be on a road or you are driving to work or you're sitting in the office with nothing or you're doing something. You just need something to listen to. I understand that this is kind of where the podcast comes into play. Um, usually takes everybody about six weeks to catch up with an episode three to six weeks I, th- I think is about our maturation um that's where we start to level off i would say uh and then over the course of the lifetime of the episode we might get one or two or maybe even three additional listens uh depending on somebody going back and wanting to to listen from the beginning which i appreciate and i hope that you definitely see a difference um Secondly, with the new stuff that we got coming up, I want to do a unithorn. So I will be doing a call out probably 
next week or the week after, more or less probably the week after. Uh, some pictures of some unithorns that you have seen over the past year or past couple of years, and we can vote on that and give kind of the uh, unithorn of the year, uh, which is something I'm really excited for. You know how everybody always does, the U-Swag always does the countdown. I'm like, well, yeah, they're cool, but we can't read the damn numbers or, or it's just not appealing to the eye. Um, if you're thinking, what the hell is a unithorn? It's probably going to be something like a white jersey with gold numbers, no outline. And then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, my personal one that I've all, that I've seen, we were at a, uh, a home soccer game at USI, probably going on two years ago now, which is crazy. But uh, it was black numbers on that like red and black uh, stripe, like the, the horizontal striping. And it was black numbers on red and black stripes. And it was in the middle of like October and it was at night and it was cold. Um, our press box windows would fog up and I have astigmatism and even my glasses sometimes at night, it doesn't help me at all. Um, had several errors on stats that game and you wonder why. <laughs> Uh, that would be that would be it. But the way that you can be a part of this uh, voting process is being a part of our newsletter. And you can do that by sidcast.fireside.fm/newsletter, and you can sign up through. Uh, I think there's like three questions, and I'll get you added to Substack. Uh, those who are already on the newsletter, you might be thinking to yourself, "Why am I not getting these uh, newsletters?" Check your spam. Um, I noticed that when I'm trying to schedule people now, I'm getting a lot of kickback. Uh, external emails are increasingly, I think, going straight to the trash. Even on Gmail, um, my listener feedback stuff, and I know some of you have done it, um, I don't see it for weeks sometimes because it goes straight to spam because it thinks that the listener feedback is spam, uh, which is not helpful at all because sometimes some of you give me really, really helpful stuff and sometimes you guys request people um, sometimes you say I'm having an issue with this, this, or this, or sometimes some people are asking how to start their own podcast, and I just don't see it. Um, if that's the case, I'm sorry. It's just kind of the way that this email email uh, road is kind of going. So moving on to today, I will keep keep on promoting what we've got going on in October. It'll be the second week in October. We'll take the week before that off so that y'all can vote. Um, it also kind of gives me the week off to prepare for it. Uh, I really do enjoy doing that. I really enjoy all the participation. I enjoy seeing the winners. Um, again, I will be explaining more and more about that as we get closer to that time. So today we do have Amanda Radke. Uh Most of you know her as Amanda Murphy. Um, was a graduate of South Carolina. Worked with the Chicago Sky, the WNBA, some arena stuff working at South Carolina. Uh, bounced around from place to place to place knew that she as soon as she was out of college did not want to get a master's degree kind of bounced around between like st bonaventure and uh, florida gulf coast uh, the atlantic sun conference um and then all of a sudden realized that hey i sh if i want to advance in this thing i probably should have it which is respectable and commendable kind of in the same boat with her uh we also talk about Stepping down a division, maybe even um, evaluating something you 
uh, like an opportunity you might not have expected or were thinking about doing a couple years back and you might be in this situation now where you think you could make a difference um, Amanda will go through that how she did that at UIS uh, when and where and how to implement change or a complete overhaul in your office and becoming a new parent in the industry right here on SIDcast. Um, no, I actually didn't even really know about a career in sports, to tell you the truth, besides being like an actual athlete. Um, I kind of learned about like sports agents and whatnot from Jerry Maguire, like I guess any normal person. Um, but yeah, really didn't have any. But growing up, um, I played soccer, softball. I was an ice skater and a cheerleader. Um, and so I kind of ran the gamut on some sports. Um, but yeah, just really always been involved and always liked sports. I'm a big fan, you know, grew up going to Michigan games um, with my dad and whatnot. I'm from Michigan, and I don't like the Lions, um, so I am a Michigan fan. But, yeah, uh, so that's, that's kind of how I got it. Yeah. So what was kind of like, what, what was your career path initially? I mean, um, a lot of people... Uh, I talked to very few people on here that have actually always wanted to be an SID, and I, I I didn't even know it was a thing too either. Honestly, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to draw stuff. Yeah. So when I was a when I was a kid, uh, like elementary school, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, then I quickly realized that I didn't really like kids that much. Um, so I saw the movie How to Get a, um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and I loved Andy Anderson and her little advice column that she had to do. Um, and so I wanted to be a mag- magazine journalist. Mm. So when I went to the University of South Carolina, um, I was a print journalism major. Well, right around that time, it was kind of the turn of print journalism dying. And so that's kind of where I moved. I found out about PR, um, so kind of turned to the PR aspect of things. And then I was just telling a student athlete this, because she is a Spanish major. Um, Spanish was my minor I walked in my junior year, um, second, it was the second semester or something, and they were just like, just talk, just talk in Spanish and do whatever you can. And I was like, nope, got to go. <laughs> Immediately, like, went to my advisor and said, I can't be a Spanish minor. Like, I was only three classes away from the minor, but I was like, I, I can't do this. So that's when I changed to sports management and kind of how I fell into this. I actually um, interned for... The Coliseum, where, um, well, I guess not the Coliseum, the arena where Gamecocks basketball plays. Uh-huh. Um, and that's kind of how I learned a little bit more about, like, media relations and kind of what they do. And that kind of led me into being an intern at South Carolina, being an intern at the Chicago Sky, and then eventually led me on this little career path. Hmm. I'm just kind of the same way with you. I had German in high school. And we had to have, what, like three years of German or something like that? Three years of a foreign language. You know how much uh, I retained of that by the end of the third year? Not shit. I didn't know a damn thing <laughs> when, when, when it was all said and done. Uh, so I'm completely with you there. Um, so the sport management stuff, I mean, you, you kind of have to have an experience. Uh, were you ever involved with the sports information department there? Or did you just kind of 
do your coursework or maybe even looked at a different path in sport? No, so at South Carolina, my senior year, like I said, so I was, my junior year, I was an intern for the arena, mm -hmm. um, which was a lot more employee relation type stuff, right. so a lot of internal communication, um, but that summer, um, before my senior year, I got to go with Chicago Sky and do a lot of media relations stuff with them, like setting up the press room and copying game notes, I mean, really, you're a little gopher, but um, <laughs> at the time, the interns for the Chicago Sky, as well as the staff, was charged with basically changing the UIC arena or whatever it was into the sky atmosphere oh. um, and so it's kind of crazy but that experience thankfully led me to my senior year at South Carolina um, I was able to um, you know be an intern for them and work the events mm -hmm. and do all that jazz and so that's when I really really learned you know what sports information was and I was like hmm I can write, and I can be around sports all the time. I'm exactly. In. Yeah, you kind of did all the, uh, a little bit of some of that uh, post-game, maybe game day ops facilitation stuff that SIDs needed to do, and you didn't even know it, right? Right. Yeah, so a little bit different there. Um, you came back. I mean, it was time to leave South Carolina. Uh, where were you at with life like at that time? Um, what kind of jobs were you looking at? Were you looking to be still NPR? Were you looking into game ops, WNBA? I mean, we're, we're spare no detail there. Um, so when I was leaving college, um, A, I knew that I really didn't want to go to grad school. Um, at the time, so that was 2008, it's not really that long ago, but it is long ago, um, being an SID, you didn't really have to have a master's or be an administrative type background. Um, I think that's totally transformed. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I was done with school. I wanted to be an intern or something. Um, and so I know that I had a lot of internship applications out, um, some full-time jobs, and obviously some PR internships too. But um, I think the pull to sports was always strong. Um, and so that's kind of how I landed at the ASUN. I can't remember. I think I did probably 10 interviews that summer. Um, before I landed with the ASUN and kind of launched my career um, that way. And um, a year with the conference was very interesting. Um, after, you know, obviously doing some of the work on the school side and then going to the conference and seeing what they do there. Um, and at the time, the ASUN was really small as far as the mm -hmm. staff goes. I mean, they've they've expanded their staff and their video stuff. And it's been, I mean, they're crazy how much bigger they are now. Um, but yeah, so just getting that, that kind of look, and then um, it was funny because at the end of that internship, like, I got another office, I got another offer to work at another conference office, um, but after talking to some mentors from South Carolina, they're like, if you want to be on a campus, like, now's the time, like, you can't stay in the conference loop if you want to be on a campus, and so that thankfully led me to my next stop at St. Bonaventure. Yeah, why, why, why was that? I mean, what was the reasoning behind them saying that, do you think? Um, I think, like, at the time, it was, I mean, this is obviously coming from a school SID, so they want you to be on a campus, and if you want that experience, and it is different. It's a very, very different thing working at a conference institution. You're just not around the student-athletes all the time. You're not in their stories. You rely on the SIDs to get the stories, um, and so it's just, so it's a lot different. Um, I think, in my mind, conference and no offense to any of them, but conference SIDs are more of a PR person. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, they're charged with gathering the information from another source and then outputting it on their own source um, of stuff. So that's kind of 
what I, you know, kind of why I think she said that. So what made you want to get back on the campus atmosphere? I mean, you, you spent a year with the A-Sun. Uh, what was that like for you, especially transitioning? Because you, you went from WNBA, a little bit of South Carolina stuff, some arena stuff, and then all of a sudden you're working on a big – I mean, it, it is a Division One conference office. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, – I miss the student-athlete connection for real. I mean, it was great, obviously, presenting championships. You're with them at their – you know, one of their highest moments mm-hmm. of, you know, their career possibly – um, but I just really miss the day-to-day um, connections that you have. And then just even the connection with other administrators and other parts of the game, I guess, you know, and just being on a campus. Right. Um, I think it keeps you way young. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I'm not that old. Oh, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you kind of mentioned briefly that your next stop was St. Bonaventure. Um, yeah. What was that adjustment for you? Uh, went from being in the undergrad with the South Carolina to uh, working a little bit of a different space with the conference office, and all of a sudden you're full-time with with the Bonnies. Um, it was a learning curve, that's for sure. Um, my boss at the time, Pat Pearson, really took it in stride and made sure that I got a good, a good um, you know, feel for everything and what I was going to do um, and all that. So, God, it seems like so long ago. I loved St. Bonaventure. It was one of the women's basketball team was on the rise and that's who I got to work with. Um, so we worked with the one, um, I worked with the one athlete who has her number hanging in the rafters, Dana Mitchell. And, you know, that's just, it's, it was amazing to be a part of. Um, and St. Bonaventure is such a unique place. Um, anybody, if you've met anybody that went there, um, you will, they will tell you the same thing. And um, even though I was, didn't go to school there, I definitely, definitely felt it. So yeah, it was just, interesting to be back on a campus and learn different sports i had to learn women's lacrosse for the first time mm-hmm. um and when i did it there i really don't think i had any idea what i was doing um and quickly you know was like thank god we only have three home games <laughs> <laughs> so yeah a lot different and they've also grown like a crap ton since then and um i was gonna stay for a second year but pat actually got a job at florida gulf coast and that led me to florida gulf coast and how i ended up there um, and then after that year there of being one more time an intern, I finally decided that it was time to get a grad degree um, because I knew that I was going to need it, and I did. Mm-hmm. What would you say to some people? Because we are now, what, a couple weeks into athletic season, two weeks into football season. Um, some people who are just starting out with their new internship or maybe fresh out of undergrad, maybe fresh out of grad school, uh, it might be a little bit stressful right now. What would you say to those people to kind of keep them going through not only the month, but maybe tomorrow or maybe the next year. <laughs> I mean, I think every day presents a new opportunity to do something new mm-hmm. or learn something new. I definitely think learning something new, I feel like, um, is the big thing. And then I think this is the time, like I said, like so I technically did three internships. I was very fortunate with the family support that I had. Um, but I did have some other random part-time jobs that helped um, with the salary, but you know, it was really about learning as much as I can when I talk about getting on a campus, you know, like I wanted to be part of marketing. I asked questions about compliance. Um, and you know, when you're just out of college, like this doesn't have to be the job for the rest of your life. Um, that's the big thing. Like you can go into it one year and you can say, you know what, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Even as a grad, grad assistant, like, yes, I don't know if it, it doesn't look that great. Um, but if you decide after one year, like this isn't for me, then 
then don't do it. And you can um, do it. Yeah, that's what I yeah. did. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just kind of how you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. That's and right. you can decide, I don't want to be an SID because I don't want to be writing a story at 10 p.m. at night. And you decide that, you know what, I want to do marketing so that I just go in, I market the games, I do the things, and I'm home right after then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I like kind of what you said about the opportunity stuff. That's the one thing our football coach says um, after every kind of camp day. If it was like a Tuesday like today, and it was damn hot out, and the kids just did not want to be there, and he would always say, like, it's not practice number three, it's opportunity number three. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's the way you got to do things. Whatever you got to do to get through your mind to, to get through the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, those don't make that a cycle. <laughs> yes, that's so, the um, you got to UIS, you got to Springfield, Illinois. I've been to campus, nice little campus out in the middle of nowhere. So what was like, what was the kind of, you decided you didn't want to be in grad school and all of a sudden you're thrusted into that role. I mean, what was the adjustment like for you? Maybe even going back to school? Well, so I went to, so after Florida Gulf Coast, I went to Grand Valley State and uh-huh. obviously Grand Valley State is one of the best division two country, schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my biggest draw. Um, obviously I was like, okay, if I'm going to leave division one, I'm going to go to somebody who does it really great right. um, on the division two level. And thankfully at that time, it was funny because I actually had found a cover letter that I had written right out of undergrad. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is for the same job. And I never even got a call that year. And then immediately after I had applied for Grand Valley, Tim Knott was like, you're way overqualified. Like, why do you want to come here? Oh, funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I want a grad degree and I want to work for Grand Valley. I mean, I was like, I'm from Michigan. I know the you know, the caliber of stuff that you guys put out and whatever. And, um, so yeah, that kind of fell in there. And then, you know, it's funny because you're like, okay, I'm a graduate assistant and here I am applying for a job that's assistant athletic director. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you don't really think about it, but in reality I'd been in the business now for five years. So I had that experience, even though I was an intern, um, in quotes, you guys can't see that, but, um, you know, I was working full time. So I had five years under my belt and knew what I was doing. I had a vision. Um, I'd say grad school, it helped a little bit. <laughs> it helped me think a little bit more, I guess, strategically. Mm-hmm. But but in the end, um, just having that degree was the gateway into being able to be in that position. Mm-hmm. So, And you're right, Springfield is in the middle of nowhere, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're definitely, they're definitely doing think good things there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll tell you my little, I had to go up there and do play-by-play for basketball from USI. So it was about a four-hour drive. Um, mm-hmm. I had to go to the bathroom. So we stopped at this McDonald's in Springfield, Illinois. And the bathroom, it's in, what, what we were playing this game in the middle of December. Mm-hmm. The ba- they're doing renovations. So they have a porta pot outside. <laughs> and it's like 20 degrees out. Uh, and at that moment, I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> but it's all right. But um, they are doing really great things. And I know that their uh, new cross-country coach is a USI grad, is a okay. former All-American for USI. So they are up and coming at a rapid pace. It's actually incredible. Um, can't think of how that program or how many programs around there are going to be in just a couple of years, especially along with the GLVC. Um, 
So you're in that role. A bit of an adjustment. You said that you when you got out of Division One, you wanted to be at some place that did it right or or was kind of a bigger. Grand Valley is one of those. When I when I think about D two big, I think about like Western Colorado. I think about Adam State for whatever reason. Um, but then you found yourself at UIS. So what was that like kind of moving for you, going bouncing around from these D1 gigs to a big D2 down to with the Prairie Stars? So I knew that I could make an impact at UIS. Um, I knew that they really hadn't been doing things the right way, per mm-hmm. se. Um, and I knew that I was going to be able to change it up to make sure that it was ran um, correctly. And obviously my past experiences at Division One and then at Grand Valley truly just propelled me to kind of be in the role like that. Um, you know, we created record books from scratch for the most part. We were getting their social media up and running, being more consistent, mm-hmm. um, graphics, pictures, all of that, just being better. Um, archives, my goodness, it was a freaking disaster. Um, we were, I was charged with helping start the first Hall of Fame. Um, and oh God, trying to find information from like back in the day, uh-huh. you're, you're relying on, you know, random people. I was there at this time and this is the day. Oh God. So yeah, I mean, that was the big thing is just knowing that I was going to be able to take my previous experiences make an impact, run the department. I mean, I say department, it was really me, and I basically begged for a GA or a student worker and thankfully got it. Um, but yeah, just getting it up to, to par and being being accurate and good. Um, I didn't, you know, I've never been at a school that the conference was like, gosh, can't believe that place, you know, and so I didn't want UIS to be that school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was a really the biggest, biggest thing for me. How did you evaluate that opportunity? I mean, because it sounds like you kind of shifted the mindset a little bit. All of a sudden, you wanted to help this school because there are plenty of places out there that could that could, could use the overhaul. You know what I mean? Uh, could uh-huh. use somebody to kind of come in and get everything organized and just do things the right way, like you mentioned. Um, but how do you evaluate that for yourself? And how did you uh, value different things, different aspects of your job to be expected at UIS and how did that kind of apply to what you were looking for in a job? Um, well, at that time, I just needed a job. <laughs> that, was, that was a big part. Um, but, no, I actually, it was funny because at the same time, I had gotten offered a different full-time job. And it was actually um, at a Division two school, a mm-hmm. smaller one. Um, I just, when I interviewed with the people on the phone and then when I actually went there, you could just kind of tell that they were ready they were ready for something to happen Mm -hmm. um and that was kind of it i mean obviously on paper you could see your responsibilities were pretty much day-to-day blah blah blah, but once you actually talk to people and got an understanding um that was that was kind of the turning point for me like hey this is you know it may seem like a shit show at first um but it it definitely is gonna it's gonna change in the years that i'm gonna be there how tough was it for you to come in and make all those changes Oh my God. I have Facebook memories that are like, I worked from seven to seven. I worked from nine to nine. Like, mm-hmm. and I actually, I mean, like I remember cause at the time they had hired a, a associate AD for external slash development at the same time. So we started together. So we were trying to make an impact together at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, 
and it, I mean, it was just, it was nonstop. Thankfully at that time, I mean, I was single, it was a new town, I didn't have any reason to not be at the office, um, so it really didn't matter that much, and for me, I'm a very driven person, and so if I have a to-do list or I have something I set my mind to, like, I'm going to get it done. It's not a question. (laughs) What kind of, um, what kind of things do you say to yourself when you, when you kind of get in that mindset? Cause I'm the same exact way. And when I try to articulate my thoughts to kind of push or per- make people like pursue these different things, they kind of have build a work ethic a little bit. It's kind of, it's difficult. I mean, with even student workers you have now, or maybe GAs you have now, I mean, what do you kind of tell them um, as far as building up that mental fortitude for the job ahead? I mean, you just, you really got to want to do it. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I mean, in a weird way, I equate it to kind of like being a doctor. Like, if you want to learn all of those things about the human body and the conditions and the things that affect them and whatever, um, I mean, not that our job is that serious, but (laughs) um, you're going to learn, you know, you're going to figure it out. And um, I think as I've gotten older, Um, and in this profession a little bit longer, there are some things that I've just learned to let go. There are some things that I used to hold on to and worry about and stress about. And now I kind of just shrug it off and, uh, live my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I listened to something this morning. It was very, very timely for me. It was, uh, uh, Jonka Willink and Echo. I can't remember Echo's last name, but they were talking about just different things, uh, things that bother you. You know what I mean? If somebody says something a little minute to you, uh, a little jab, but a jab of once is fine, but when they do it every single day, it might get to you. Um, oh, yeah. He talked about kind of being able to, one, shrug that off, and then two, uh, kind of setting the line in the sand for yourself as well as for other people as far as what can really get to you. Um, and acting, it's going to sound bad, but like a dog. A dog just doesn't snap at you. Yeah, a dog yeah. will get alert. He'll growl at you. He'll show some teeth, and then he'll snap at you. So that's uh-huh. the way that that, that it should go. And that, and again, it kind of talks about the line of sand, um, as far as what you let into your head. Um, so it was time to leave UIS, and you found yourself at your current job. Is that correct? I I feel like no. I was right. Okay, let me say this. I feel like my timeline was good this whole way and then you're just like no no i went here i went here i went it's here all so right. how about you yeah. tell me where you went there's, a, there's a lot of changes actually i decided it was time to leave uis um without a job i was tired mm-hmm. um you know after that so this is when i guess i didn't build up enough mental fortitude mm-hmm. um and i had just had enough essentially of some things that were going on um i knew they weren't going to change i didn't know how to change them i didn't know how to change myself to fix it um and so at that time I had just gotten married um my husband kind of had an opportunity that we thought was gonna pan out it ended up not panning out um so I went on to be a receptionist at a hairstyling place um for about two months before the job at North Florida ended up happening um so I think it was definitely a blessing in disguise because I don't think I would have pursued North Florida had I still been at UIS Hmm. Um, so I think that that's good, um, that I kind of had that break and that 
I guess I want to call it like a mental break because I decided like I can't live like this. Like I want to be in sports. Like right. there's nothing else. I had I had a job opportunity from a um, health and fitness company in Springfield, and I was going to look at that. And then, like I said, North Florida kind of fell in my lap. Um, and I obviously had known about North Florida since working in the ASON and working at FG, FGCU. Um, and so I, you know, the opportunity presented itself and division one got to be back in it. I did have somebody tell me one time, once you leave division one, you're not going to get back in. And I just basically said like, watch me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of made it just a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with the other ones, but to be told that you can't get back is ridiculous. I hate it when people, cause sometimes people come in here and, and they say that. And sometimes I see that kind of advice coming around it's not really advice anymore because i feel like if anything working at a d2 d3 makes you even more qualified for a d1 you know what i mean yeah i mean and i i agree fully with that um but there are some people that are just never they're never gonna get it Mm -hmm. and that's all right um so i kind of want to touch back on something uh that i wanted to ask earlier here and then i spaced my mind a little bit um knowing when to implement change uh, what some people are in new positions right now. Some people are uh, changing positions, changing titles. I mean, or maybe even evaluating themselves or their office. Um, when and when would you say is the time to say, okay, we need to change things up a little bit? Um, I think it's different for every institution. I think it's mm. different for every person. Um, because there are some schools that will continually say, this is how we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And so this is how it's going to be. Um, and so that's kind of frustrating. Um, implementing change obviously has to be done for a reason. We have to show a why behind it. Obviously, I mean, you can use stat crew and genius NCAA live stats as an example, you know, why do we have to change? Well, we have to change because we're not running DOS computers anymore. Right. Like, you know, this is, it's time to change. Um, and so that's kind of got to be a big, big driving force is why are we doing this? And that, I mean, that really should be the why of everything is why do we keep stats? We keep stats because we need records because we, you know, like it sounds so minute, but in the end, like that's how it goes down, mm-hmm. you know? So I think really, if you have to, you have to drive why, and then if you want to drive change, you have to know why. Like, I said why a hundred times, but you have to know why you're changing. Yeah. Why are you making it happen? And then you also have to be ready to be here. No, like, nope, we're not going to do that. Or you have to have alternatives or, you know, if we can't do. And that's how I like a lot of times I deal with my coaches like that. If we can't do it this way, we could do it this way. Um, and that seems to help, um, I guess, a little bit. I feel like I just rambled, but... <laughs> no, no, you're good. I think you also kind of need to have an objective in mind, too. And not just making change for the sake of making change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something a little bit ago. You spent two months as a receptionist at a, at a hair salon. Is that right? That's right. So what was that like for you? I mean, you, you have your degrees. Um, you worked in sport, and now you had to kind of step away a little bit and kind of detach from it to kind of be able to have new opportunities. Um, I mean, it was, I was the best damn hair receptionist there's ever been. Like I was actually right before I left to go to North Florida, like they were thinking about giving me a promotion. Mm. I mean, 
I do. I had the time. I had two college degrees, so yes, I would hope I could succeed at being a receptionist. Right. Not to knock the receptionist, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think it was that refresher. It was life. Let me see what life is like without sports, with having free weekends. Granted, I did work as much as I could because um, obviously I had a salary to make up for. Um, but yeah, just let me see what happens and. It just wasn't the same. <laughs> yeah. It just really wasn't. There's no other way to describe it. It just missed it weirdly. No, no, I, don't, I think because there's something, there's something about working in sport, especially when you've grown up doing it your entire, or watching it or even being a part of it your entire life. I think it's just, just different uh, yeah. that I don't think people understand. Like my brother, uh, not a big sport guy. That's okay. Um, I told him I got the job here at Indiana, like IU, and there's a lot of, and you know that there's a lot of, like, regional IU campuses, and mm-hmm. he was like, oh, the one in New Albany? I was like, no, the, the one. No, the here, one. Yeah, the one, like, here in Bloomington, and it was just over his head, but that's okay. He didn't get it until he actually moved me in, that I think, I think he realized. Um, so, I want to kind of shift gears here to something that uh, didn't really, like, lead up for or really talk to. Uh, becoming a mom in this industry, becoming a parent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? That's nuts. The, what? It's nuts. It's nuts. I, 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 you know, <laughs> all my friends are becoming parents, and I am okay with just sitting here. That's fine with me. So, what's kind of the adjustment been like, um, if it weren't obvious? Uh, and how has your role changed, or maybe even how you conduct yourself in the workplace? Um, with it so becoming a parent in my opinion actually Lori Lori Bowling and I are going to talk about this on Thursday um it's a definite mind shift the things that I thought were important mm-hmm. aren't aren't they just aren't they're not important anymore if you know I kind of have drawn my line in the sand and for coaches you know if um it's not a game day and it's about five o'clock, five thirty. I'm not available. Mm-hmm. I'll get to you when I get to you. Um, and I just—that's a bit of big shift for me. I'm a workaholic, admittedly. Um, and so for me to kind of step back and realize that I really want to spend time with my son um, is a—it's a big thing. Um, I try not to bring work home as much, um, and then just. Uh, understanding you know when things have to be adjusted and whatnot thankfully north florida is a great family environment um i i haven't had to do it yet really but if i could bring you know if i needed to bring my baby in um he could come into the office and hang out for a little while while i got some stuff done or um if i needed to stay home i could stay home uh so that's really the really the biggest thing is just the mind shift of you know these things that seemed important before just not that important anymore yeah how are you going to describe what you do to your son oh i'm going to tell him that he can't do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh he could be a part-time he could be he can work on the side he can learn how to do stats uh but he can't be an sid um (laughs) that sounds really bad but um i i'm definitely i mean i'm definitely going to talk about how it how it's evolved um you know i can't even imagine being like my boss just got his 25 year award and i just can't even fathom the whole you know doing staff by hand and i did get some um fax machine action back in my younger days 
Um, so I do remember that. But when, when they talk about how they used to have to do stuff and mail out releases and all that, it's just like, what? That seems like a different planet. Um, and so it's just, it's just really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, so I, I'll definitely talk about the evolution of the whole career and how it's gone from being those little stack keepers to actually being strategic communicators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. I think I'm kind of the same way. I don't want my son running cross country or track. <laughs> Play a sport where you can hit somebody, kid. Yep. Yeah, that, yep. that sounds easy. We're looking for baseball, basketball. I don't know. His head's really big right now, so I'm not really sure what he's going to do. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what his big noggin grows into. Uh, you're probably a uh, decat or not decathlete. What what is that where you do academic stuff? What is that called? What am I yeah, thinking? it is a de- decathlon. Is it decathlon? Well, it's like an academic decathlon usually. Oh, okay. So maybe maybe I'm just thinking of track one. I just want him to be, you know, like I want him to be something that is like. Like, he can't be a history major. Like, he has to be a tangible thing. Right. A, a tangible <laughs> thing? Are you calling every... You know what's ironic? My boss right now had a history major. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, I'd like to switch gears yet again to some fun questions I usually like to ask. Uh, first one I have for you, Amanda. Uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Um, I gotta say... You know, I've had a crap ton. Um... But the most recent one actually took place in North Florida, and it was when my women's tennis team, the women's tennis team was at the championship um, at Florida Gulf Coast. It was hotter than crap, and one of the girls was cramping. And at women's tennis, like, I'm loud. Like, I cheer for my team. Uh Everyone doesn't, like, some people are, like, very shy around tennis. I was, like, the minute I was told that I could yell, I was, like, I'm in. Like, let's go. So, like, I just kept her, like, fighting. Um... You know, and she told me afterwards, she's like, I won because you were there. And, like, I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> so that was, that's pretty much, you know, she, and then she ended up being our volunteer assistant for the last two years, or not a volunteer, our graduate assistant for the last two years. And so um, that just, like, you know, was icing on the cake that I kept working it with her as a professional as well. What about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Um, gosh. I don't remember when it, I'm trying to think of like, there's been so many like little, little ones, um, like power outages. I'm trying to remember like a specific one, but power outages, rain dumps. Oh, I'll give you, okay. I. So when I was at FGCU, um, we had softball tournaments like three weekends in a row. And so after you do enough softball tournaments, you're losing your mind. Well, we, one morning, Somehow we didn't have a music person or whatever, and so I put, it's time to play the national anthem, and whatever computer system we were using, we had the warm-ups on it, or we had the batting songs, and we had the national anthem. Somehow, it was the Rockets' red glare, click, click, boom. I don't know if you know that song or not. And it was like... A, it sounded perfectly timed, but B, I was like, what the hell just happened? I don't know where, like, I didn't know how to turn it off. I didn't know why it was going. And my, yeah, it was, it was awful. But I was like, okay, well, good thing we don't have to play the national anthem again. (laughs) So that's one of my random, it's like SID-ish, but uh, yeah, I played whatever the Red Rockets or Rockets Red Glare and then click click boom and started some random hitting song so that was fun 
Uh, I, I people have heard this before, but uh, Al, to make you feel better about it, uh, we had ice hockey at my first college I attended. So my freshman year, um, I was a PA announcer, and I also did a little bit of music too every once in a while. Um, and I uh, went to click the national anthem, and we got that boom noise, you know? Yeah. That you yeah. Get. And the site administrator takes a hold of the microphone, and she goes. It's not working, so we're all going to sing it together. Oh. So it's like, great. Okay, there's six people in this tiny booth. We'll be okay. None of them knew the national anthem except yours truly. Oh. So I had to sing the national anthem. And then I left <laughs> because that was embarrassing. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, but people have heard that story, but I, I can't. I mean, you got to own those types of stories, right? Um, <laughs> in your mind, what traits or characteristics make a good SID? Um, having a sense of humor, perseverance, dedication, passion, uh, the ability to adapt. I mean, that's a, that's a huge one. You got to be able to adapt, which sometimes I don't really adapt that well sometimes. So that's something I've learned, uh, through, through my, my years. Um, and I think you have to build the ability to, to say no or to say, not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one that I think a lot of us continue to work on day in and day out. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Um, I'm really interested to get to know about, like, a lot more about motion graphics and videos. Um, I feel like I've just touched the iceberg, or the tip-tip of the iceberg, maybe like the snowflake of an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's something that I, I really, really want to do, but it's just not a feasible opportunity right now. That's okay. Uh, some, Long term Yeah, something I keep trying to, to dabble in. You know, we've done a few, when men's soccer has been at home, um, I've done a few little iPhone iMovies, um, but it's better than nothing, and mm-hmm. just kind of getting there. Yep. I think, isn't that one of the things that uh, they try to teach now is like doing editing clips on the fly or something like that using iPhone? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I don't know. Might be something useful in the future, but uh, my next question for you: work-life balance. We do have fun. Drink. Drink. <laughs> um, I actually I work out. Um, that kind of keeps me a little bit sane. Um, my husband and I like, but we do. I'm not. I'm not kidding. We like breweries. We like to go to breweries. Um, thankfully, in Jacksonville, there's a ton of stuff to do all the time. Um, and obviously, my shift with the kid. Um, so obviously now that I have a kid, I want to spend time with him. And so just kind of seeing him explore, we've done a lot more like kid stuff, library, story time, the zoo, um, and that type of stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and speaking of breweries and stuff, if next time somebody's in the Jacksonville area, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Um, well, the number one recommendation I always have is Lemon Bar. It's actually in Neptune Beach. Um, that's actually, like, right on the beach, and you have to be 21 and over, so there's no little kitties running around, um, mm-hmm. and they have great frozen drinks. Um, so, yeah, that would be my, my top one, but, I mean, like I said, Jacksonville has so many restaurants, so many bars, and so many breweries. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, kind of... I like to, I want to say, like, I really don't have a favorite brewery per se, but there is one that's called Veterans United. Um, it was founded by a veteran. They support veterans and things like in the military. Um, and so I really like that. And I was a mug club for a while. Um, and so they have really good beer. 
Awesome. So I'd recommend them too, but they're like in the back of like an industrial park as every good brewery is. So <laughs> yeah. you're like going back and the first time I took someone there, they're like, are you going to murder me? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anybody had any questions for you want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it? Um, they could just reach out on Twitter, which is Manda underscore Murph, M-U-R-P-H, or they could email me at a.murphy at unf.edu. Perfect. Well, Amanda, thank you very much for coming on. We all do really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it.